0: Was okay. doing a pretty good job in Seattle speaking Spanish though. Really? Yeah, with lots of people, and it was just wonderful.
1: Were you doing a concert or?
0: No, just like you know, getting a coffee, you know, <laughs> uh, and talking in Spanish a little bit with uh, folks. They so, so this Amtrak thing. It was it was this crazy adventure, and I wound up. I got to Chicago. Yeah. One half hour too late to make my connecting uh, train. To Pittsburgh last night. Oh yeah, you're in
1: Seattle visiting your uh, son. Yeah, is that right? Yeah.
0: So Amtrak put me up in this beautiful downtown Chicago hotel for the night. All, you know, they paid my cab from the train station to the hotel and back, paid my night in the hotel. Oh okay. Even gave me a ten dollar food voucher, which was good. That covered my first Guinness and a little garlic bread. (laughs) uh, The next day, as I waited for the train, so I had the train was like. 7.40, our time, 7.40 p.m. So I had to wait a whole day for the next train. Oh, really? Uh, And they put me on, and then I just got in this morning. Oh, nice. And
1: you've just just been relaxing at needs all day? I did.
0: I really did need to rest. I didn't get much sleep on the—this was a deadheader, you know, uh, leaving Chicago about 7 o'clock and back here 5 a.m., Wow. And you take it, you take it from here at midnight. It's called the Capital Limited. It runs from Washington D.C. to Chicago. Okay, and st- it, com- it rolls out of here uh, west every night at midnight. All right. So I took that Tuesday, last Tuesday. I hopped on that train at midnight, get you to Chicago in the morning, and then uh, have a layover, and then you hop on the Empire Builder, which is one of the most popular Amtrak lines. And that goes from Chicago to Seattle, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, uh, you go, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul Fargo, North Dakota and, uh, Montana. So you cross the great plains, you okay. cross the Rocky mountains. Uh, did you, is yes, this the, your actual this is train, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and I wrote a song I, in 2006. I wrote a song called the empire builder, empire, which oh, okay. is a great song. Yeah. It's about that train. Oh. So I've, I've written a train song, you know. Yeah, I've listened
1: to wh- I listened to one of your uh, train songs before coming here. Oh, uh, yeah. was,
0: uh, the Duquesne. Why can't the, I get you, Duquesne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was like the first ocean. song you played
1: on your episode uh, on right. your live from Need Hotel. Was a really good song.
0: So I guess I've written two train songs. Then. <laughs> that's great.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for, for coming, Slim. Um, for um, we
0: on with all that Empire Building. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, great, great. Yeah, that's how we I'm...
1: dive in. We oh good. We, we want to make it. Organic as possible. Just yeah. dive right into the conversation. Tra-
0: train is a great way to go if you're not in a hurry. Yes. And if you can just kind of relax and hang loose, you really <laughs> see the country. It was yeah. fabulous.
1: Was it like a multiple day train ride? Or oh, yeah.
0: A- you leave like I uh, rolled out of Chicago about two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Okay. You're in Seattle Friday morning. So it's, you know, and I'm coach. I can't afford a sleeper car. So you're sleeping on the train in the coach seats.
1: You're packed in there with other people. Well,
0: luckily on the long haul, on both times (laughs) out on the Empire Builder and back on the Empire Builder, I had a double seat. You know, if they don't get too booked you get a seat and nobody's in the seat. Now that's you. nice. So I'm an old hand. I can set it up so that I can in the, I sleep in the L position and actually get a pretty good night's sleep Ooh. in coach. <laughs> uh, one of these days, maybe, you know, I'll take the sleeper car all the yeah. way to Seattle. And Splurge really a little nice. bit. Yeah. yeah. And you, that includes dining car. You know, they have a dining car on the train. Really? Like the old, that's what I say in my song, you know, now folks will tell you all the great trains are just visions from the past and the trains, <laughs> running nowadays ain't got the same old class i'm here to tell you friend old amtrak she got one or two things right i'm on the empire builder tonight Ooh, yeah it's huh? a good it's a good old swing tune <laughs> nice. the empire wait did you, you write that or yes that, that
1: that was original you just came yes
0: oh yeah, what's wrote, that
1: what's that one called
0: uh, the empire builder
1: the, oh that's uh, the song you were just talking? Oh, oh yeah nice. yeah
0: so i and i've so i've ri- i wrote that song way back in 06 i took the empire builder the first time in 2002 yeah, uh, from Chicago to Seattle, and uh, you take the red eye out of Pittsburgh at midnight, like okay. I was saying, okay. to Chicago, and hop right. on the Empire Builder. And uh, so, in uh, 2006, I wrote that song. It's on. It's available on my <laughs> uh, greatest hits, Slim Forsythe's greatest, greatest Tits, hits, which is distributed by Get Hip. Records. Get Hip.
1: And uh, do you have a website? Do you have a? I
0: just use my Facebook.
1: You just use your Facebook? Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I see you. Post a lot of stuff, and on with through Get there.
0: Hip, now that I'm on a label, now it's a, uh, it's a very well respected kind of garage label that's yeah. been in business here for 30 years in Pittsburgh. Oh, it's a right? local, but they're worldwide. Oh, nice! And uh, radio record stores all over, and uh, but I'm on Get Hip now. Uh, it's owned by Greg costalich and his wife Barbara uh, okay. Garcia. And Greg was in the cynics and that whole thing. It, it start, It's mostly like garage band, surf, punk, but it's <laughs> broadened out now to this thing, uh, kind of a side project, which is the Get Hip Folk Series. And I'm on there with artists like Zach Kime, Some Kind of Animal, Benjamin Sweet, uh, Steve Shuley, uh, and I've got an album out on the Get Hip Folk Series called This Is Slim Forsyth. But my greatest hits CD is also available through GitHub. But that's the thing. I don't need a (laughs) website because they do such a great job on the Internet, cyber promo. You can listen (laughs) to my music. You can download it electronically. You can mail order it. And they've got the GitHub Record Store over uh, at 1800 Columbus Avenue over on the north side right up above the Johnny Angel Ginchy Stuff Museum.
1: And oh, okay. Uh,
0: they've been there for a really long Wait, time. Wait, like
1: in Pittsburgh? Right in Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Right, right in P- okay. Yeah. I've never yeah, even so heard of that.
0: It's, it's like it's called Manchester, but it's really the below Beaver Avenue mm. in between Ohio River, part of the north side there. i look around that up. Alka-San and the UPS and just beyond the, the Science Center, really. Yeah. And the casino. It's down in there. Uh, and I, I'm thrilled to be on Get Hip, but... Like I say, uh, unlike unlike a lot of uh, recording <laughs> artists, I decided to get my greatest hits record out of the way before I. Oh yeah, famous. you predicted your greatest yeah. hits. Yeah,
1: And these are all original tunes. Yes,
0: yeah. Great. <laughs> Slim Forsyth's greatest hits is available on GetHip. Uh, you can yeah. gethip.com, uh, www.gethip.com, Hip dot com. and search Slim Forsyth, and it'll it'll all come up, and you can yeah. buy and sell and listen, and <laughs> it's all great. But uh, if people want to hear my song, the empire builder, yeah. that's the way. And I did it with a great band, uh, lap steel guitar, fiddle bass drums.
1: Was this the band you had on your TV show live from means hotel? Or was that uh, just, no, a...
0: I've, I've, uh, I've been very fortunate to play with all kinds of really great people and fabulous musicians. Uh, down. I've been doing this now since about Oh four, Oh five. Yeah. So, uh, And uh, my TV show, The House Band, were Pittsburgh's notorious country, Heck Hounds, those Beagle Brothers. (laughs) Tremendous uh, sort of outlaw country uh, outfit based here in Pittsburgh.
1: Are they country just like uh, you? Do they play the same type of country like you do? They have
0: a lot of original material that stands in that tradition. Yeah. And uh, they are... Uh, but they, they'll do, uh, you know, Johnny Cash and uh, David Allen Coe. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll do uh, uh, some Farron Young. Uh, they'll do and, – and, like Warren Zevon. You know, they'll, they'll oh, do okay. – a, a, um, a lot of people call it Americana these yeah, days. Yeah, I hear that. I'm not much of a category guy, but uh, the <laughs> You Beagle keep it Brothers, simple. You just yeah. like it's country – yeah, but anyway, the Beagle Brothers, a yeah. great band based here in Pittsburgh, and who have uh, I have collaborated with them many times down through the years. You toured with
1: them a lot, or I
0: did. Yeah, I did years ago, uh, and uh, back we made that the TV show you're talking about, live from Need Need's Hotel, Hotel <laughs> which anybody can watch now on YouTube.
1: Yeah, that's how I found uh, about yeah. it. Yeah, Need uh, Jimmy Need actually. Jimmy Need. Uh, I came back from. Uh, uh, I went there with my improv class, uh-huh. and uh, me and uh, Woody were like, Oh, we want to talk to Slim. And Jimmy <laughs> Nee was, was like, Hey, come over here. He's like, If you want to check out Slim, you watch this. And he wrote down live oh from me to gosh. Hotel on he YouTube. He gave you a
0: homework assignment. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was yeah. very fun. It was really cool to, because um, Woody told me about you, and I found your story really interesting. Because uh, you're just this guy, and you had many jobs before you oh, just, sure. before you fully decided to just live your dream of being a country musician. And I like the part you said in the episode is when your dad just finally told you, like, did he say, like, you're living the life or you're acting like a frustrated musician? or What well, he,
0: he said was, uh, he said, son, you're, you're nothing but a frustrated musician, and, and ha- you're not going to be happy until you're doing what you want to do. And that went all the way back. It wasn't country for me yeah. at first. Like millions of kids <laughs> in my generation, I was eight years old, and I saw the Beatles on, Ed on Sullivan. the Ed Sullivan yeah. show. I was a sitting duck. Honest <laughs> to God, Alex, from that moment to this moment sitting here talking with you, yeah. that moment in February 1964, I was eight years old. <laughs> the only thing I ever really wanted to do was to be in a band. You know, I wanted to be Paul. <laughs> well, a lot of people and, wanted to be Paul, yeah. Sure, make He made sure. like the
1: friendliest one. He seemed like so, yeah,
0: sweet. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I've done just about everything but that, but, uh, and I came to country music late. I, it wasn't until I was really almost in my 40s, I'm 62 now. Okay. Uh, that I started listening, uh, seriously the to the music, music of hank williams senior that's yeah. what got me on uh, the country path uh, a lot of his old gospel duets with audrey may shepherd his yeah. wife dear brother and lost on the river and uh, jesus remembered me uh and then of course the classics you know "Your are cheating heart move it on over lost highway yeah that now, as a kid, of course, you get a little bit of that by osmosis, jambalaya, hey, good-looking. You know. yeah. I even saw the George Hamilton movie that was called Cheatin' Heart. It came out, <laughs> I think, in 65. Okay. Somebody told me Donna Reed played Miss Audrey, his uh, wife. Will have to see, it. I'm
1: young. I'm young. Who's Donna Reed? Donna
0: Reed. Well, she. Uh, well, that's another <laughs> podcast,
1: I guess. The Donna Reed Show was a TV show when I yeah? was a kid.
0: And uh, Carl Betts was her husband, and the guy that played the wacky neighbor next door wound up being uh, uh, Bob Crane, who went on to be Hogan in Hogan's Heroes. Ooh. Yeah, Bob Crane was the wacky neighbor next door on the Donna <laughs> Reed show. Okay. Well, anyway, Donna Reed, I think, <laughs> played Audrey, Hank's wife, and George Hamilton played Hank Williams. I'm just saying, as a kid growing up in Bradford, Pennsylvania, yeah, I saw that at Dipson's Theater downtown didn't know what I was watching but you know yeah so I mean I had heard of Hank Williams but it wasn't until I was an older man in my 40s that I really that stuff really started to seep into my heart and And that's a good
1: feeling though isn't it like when you get old enough where you can finally like get it yeah like it it like clicks in Mm -hmm. and you didn't listen to country music before that or again
0: just what would have been on uh, top 40 radio. Oh, really? In my hometown. Or now I did watch the Johnny Cash show almost every week. And that was probably 69, 70, 71 in there. So again, I would have been 13, 14, 15. And and that was a big influence on me. Uh, the Johnny Cash show. And, uh, so yeah, what you would hear, you know, I was familiar with what they would call the crossover stuff. Yeah. You know, the country artists who were also on pop radio, like Johnny Cash. Yeah. And uh, I can't really think of too many other ones. Uh, but,
1: Willie Nelson, would he be one? Or? Well,
0: again, that was after I was a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, Ray sure. Price, uh, who, uh, Charlie Rich, Yeah. Charlie Pride. A little bit of Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson. Oh, okay. But uh, really about the... And and then, of course, you know, you hear Patsy Cline. You hear crazy on the jukebox. I mean, it's unavoidable. Some of that great (laughs) stuff is going to hit you. Yeah. You know, stand by your man, Tammy Wynette, you know. But uh, (laughs) so, yeah, but not until I'm much older that I really got serious about it. And by that time, I had... I managed a band in Pittsburgh. I've been a part of the Pittsburgh live music scene since uh, the early 90s. Oh, okay. But I was more like on the management, promotion, money side of things. Although we didn't make any money. (laughs) But uh, with a band called ATS. ATS, Which is like a legendary sort of punk, jazz, fusion, uh, twang, rockabilly. Are you Uh, into
1: that stuff? Oh,
0: I'm into rockabilly. Yeah. Rockabilly. Yeah. yeah. I'm into good music wherever it's found, you know, like I said, I'm not much of a category guy. I've listened to a lot of jazz in, in my life. And, and, uh, but anyway, ATS was a power trio drums, bass, guitar. Okay. And they're, uh, I managed them and went all over with them, and we tried to make it, you know, and we got close and didn't quite punch it through. We were we were trying right about the same time Rusted Root came out of Pittsburgh like a house on fire. Were there a
1: local band, Rusted Root?
0: Oh, Rusted Root's right from right here in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah. I, I had no idea. Rusted Root was the soundtrack of the 1990s. Yeah. They came out of here. And went out and found their audience. They got signed by Mercury Records. And they went platinum once or twice and yeah. have hits. And their music wound up in movies, TV shows, all over the place. And and I know a few of them. uh, oh. uh Not real well, but I know a couple of them. You
1: saw them from passing, you know, like being in the. But we were all
0: like playing at the Decade and the Electric Banana and and the Upstage (laughs) Lounge all at the same time. Yeah. That's. uh, So ATS, the band I managed in the early 90s, was in that same era, uh, as was The Cynics, which. still play now and then just like ATS and still have their following. And the, uh, the guitarist for the cynics is Greg Kostelich who owns and runs get hip records with his wife, Barbara. And, uh, so, uh, but like I said, I performed a little bit with ATS and I really want the thing I wanted to do was sing and play. Uh, but, uh, I wasn't really that good of an uh, on an instrument back then. Yeah. I'm still on my best night even today. <laughs> I am a mediocre rhythm guitarist, but uh, I could sing and yeah. I got a few other things Upper going sleeve, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've had the privilege to surround myself with fabulous musicians. I can talk about a few of them later if you'd like. Oh yeah, of course. But uh, so I never really got the chance to be a singer or a recording artist with ATS. And yeah. that kind of tailed off around 95, 96. And then this slim thing came along in 2004.
1: Yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Like, so like what were you doing after that? Was that your main job being the manager back then? Or no,
0: like- I mean, we're not, we're not, none of us are making any money at any of this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, having the time of our life going all over the place. You yeah. Know, you're Buffalo. just having
1: fun with friends. Yeah, Buffalo,
0: yeah. Cleveland, New York City, Philadelphia back then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and recently I've played New York City, Rochester, Buffalo. Oh. uh as uh, with the slim thing, but uh so no, I've always worked, you know. Yeah. I I work uh, I'm an attorney. but Well, I was an attorney. I have yeah, a law degree. That's what
1: I was told yeah. i mean what kind of law did you do
0: well i'm i'm no longer licensed to practice so please no call <laughs> don't, in, don't no call don't in call slim for legal advice free legal advice yeah <laughs> uh, some people really don't get that Oh, uh, well like people
1: come up to you after shows it's like that's a great show okay here's yeah. the issue i'm going through <laughs> yeah or, or it's
0: like you know i am paid my rent for six years can that guy throw me out I'm like, yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm just saying this to you I'll as you myself yeah, yeah yeah leave me alone <laughs> Yeah, but, like, um, what, kind, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of law did you do? Whoa. Well,
0: I, so I got my law degree from the University of Pittsburgh in 1984. Okay. And off and on, I was licensed to practice in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania for about 25 years. Yeah. Gave it up or, uh, at the beginning of 06, 2006. Yeah. Uh, but most of that time, I worked for the government of the yeah. city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> I worked for city controller Tom Flaherty for a long time. And I just recently wrapped up a three-and-a-half-year stint in the Peduto administration. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I was in the Office of Management and Budget doing fleet acquisition.
1: Ooh. I'm buying fire
0: engines, cop cars. We even bought mounted patrol horses, <laughs> uh, garbage trucks. Uh, I, I did a lot of interesting things. But yeah. but just to say that all during the time uh, that I was trying to make it yeah as a recording artist uh i had a straight job almost yeah. all the time uh- so I never really practiced law, except briefly, right out of law school, as <laughs> sort of a young associate at a local law firm. Yeah. But I went into uh, city government and did a variety of things. Yeah, many First different in jobs. First in the controller's office, and then in the mayor's office, and it was it was all very good. Yeah. F- to me and for me, and I'm very thankful. Yeah,
1: Peduto seems it. like a nice guy.
0: Oh, he's, he's the cat's meow. He, he's a sharp guy. Too. People come up to me and they say, Hey, Slim, who's really running the show down there? I say, let me tell you something. Bill Peduto runs his own yeah. show. Uh, that guy is sharp as a tack, and he, he he knows what's going on. And he picked me up like a stray dog. It's a long story. <laughs> I, I go way back with him. Really? When, when he was uh, 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 an aide to city councilman Dan Cohen, Yeah, I was an aide. To city controller Tom Flaherty. This was back in the mid '90s, and so Bill, mayor, uh, but back then <laughs> Bill, and, Bill. Yeah. and me, we would work together on things behind the scenes, while our two bosses, you know Cohen and Flaherty, you know, kind of uh, tackled these issues head on uh, in the public eye. And a lot of it had to do with uh, what eventually became the three stadiums. You know, the two—the new baseball park yeah. and the new football stadium and the new uh, Penguin Arena. I mean, they, those two were that, working on it. On yeah, the they stadiums? were trying to figure out: is this a good deal? Is this a bad deal? What have yeah. other cities done? You know, I mean, it's a real long story. I wound up parlaying the whole thing into a law review article, and actually got a free <laughs> trip to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Ooh. to deliver a presentation. <laughs> At uh, Marquette University. And uh, but Bill, so Bill Peduto and I worked together on things like that. Yeah. And so he knew, uh, I, and then I ran into him. He became a fan of my music oh, uh, really? later. Uh, and then uh, we ran. So I, we're celebrity servers. Okay, here's the story. Okay. <laughs> we are. Uh, celebrity servers for the North Hills Community Outreach annual spaghetti dinner oh, really? uh, fundraiser. <laughs> we're out there with uh, Dwayne Woodruff, Manny Sangi, and Jimmy Crenn, uh, no. a bunch of other people, and Mayor Peduto had agreed to do it. It was out at a restaurant on Babcock Boulevard. Okay. And Old Slim Forsythe, so I'm there in my hat, and <laughs> my shirt, you know, I'm yeah. in my full Slim regalia with my <laughs> sweetheart. And we're all at the dessert table. Yeah. Uh, and I got to say, the mayor was not really serving too many desserts. He was just kind of standing there talking to people. And I was doing all the heavy work. Oh, you are doing all the heavy work. (laughs) But anyway, so we we got a chance to renew uh, our friendship and acquaintance and uh, just got talking. And he basically, uh, at the time, I was a school bus driver. Uh, that hasn't come up yet. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I was a school bus driver for six years. That's yeah. another whole. I was Pittsburgh singing school bus driving cowboy. <laughs> Slim Forsythe at your service. Nice. And uh, that was a, a, a very interesting uh, chapter in my life. Uh, uh, I, I left City Hall at the beginning of 06, uh, did a couple of things, and then drove a school bus for six full school seasons. And oh. then went, Then that's I was at the end of my sixth school season when I ran into the mayor and, uh, he said, well, do you ever miss it? You know, we're talking about city hall days, you know? Yeah. And I said, well, I got to tell you, mayor, uh, every once in a while when the kids are bad, uh, yeah, I do miss it a little bit. And I, I stood there, served a few more pieces of pie and I looked him in the eye and said, you got something in mind? And he said, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, he offered me a job on the spot and I took it. Wow. So I went back, went back to the farm <laughs> and from about June of 2014, right up until the end of this year, yeah, the end of December 2017, I, I did fleet acquisition and other I was like a fixed assets manager, asset management. okay And a sold surplus material on gov deals and uh, inventory uh, stuff like that. But mostly what I did was fleet acquisition. I was involved in the purchase of the new fireboat. Like I said, I was involved with uh, reinstating the mounted patrol unit and yeah. uh, a lot of stuff with fire engines, ambulances, cop cars, garbage trucks. Yeah. Uh, it was really quite a nice run. And, yeah. Uh, but you now for I'm three sort years? of retired, three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of retired now. I don't really have a pension, yeah. getting a little social security now, courtesy of my Uncle Sam. I'm 62. Yeah. So I figured out, let's go now. and. I'm just you know trying to make something happen with the music. Oh yeah, uh, along with that.: <laughs> So, so in, we'll in that,
1: and that's what you're doing full-time now
0: is the music? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of retired, yeah. <laughs> I'm focusing mostly on my shows at Needs Hotel and trying to sell some records now that I'm on the label. Yes. hip. Let me just say again, folks can go to gethip.com and search <laughs> Slim Forsyth, and you can... Uh, you get the whole... Th- you get the whole... The whole catalog. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen, download electronically, mail order it. They'll send <laughs> it right to you. Yeah, And uh, let me just say, friends, that uh, I don't need the money, but the people I owe, well, they need it real bad. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a direct ripoff from... Uh, an old Hank Williams radio show that oh, okay. I heard one time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, my plan was I'm going to take the winter off. Yeah. Uh, which is just about wrapping up now. So I did take Oh, the this winter. winter. Yeah, oh, I did okay. take the winter off. I went out to Seattle, like I said. Mm, yeah. And took the train out to Seattle. And, and now, my next thing, I got to get through Irish season. Irish season is here. Okay. It begins tomorrow night with Slim's Irish Band at the Park House on the north side. I have three shows this year. Every year around March, I get three or four shows, and I have Slim's Irish Band. And I wish I could do this stuff more than just once, year, once yeah. a year. And sometimes I find a way to sneak it into a regular show. It's just beautiful Celtic material. Yeah. Still about a third of the set list is the classic country western and the mountain gospel and bluegrass. But two-thirds is stuff you'll only hear, really, at my Irish shows. Whiskey in the Jar, The Black Velvet Band, I'll Tell My Ma When I Get Home, Dirty Old Town, Fisherman's Blues, uh, Galway (laughs) Girl, uh, and, and some instrumental stuff. I've got two guys from Plowman's Lunch. Yeah. which was a legendary Pittsburgh-Irish rock uh, combo led by Carl Mullen back in the 90s. Well, Steve Shuley plays Irish whistle and Irish flute in my band. Okay. And Dennis Childers plays drums uh, and percussion, the ball roll. And those two guys were in Plowman's Lunch. Yeah. which recently had a reunion. Then Candy <laughs> Mountain, my steady bass player for 13 years, yeah. uh, fabulously talented musician. She plays stand-up bass in my country combos, and she plays electric bass in Slim's Irish Band. And then I have Tricky Mannion, the fiddle player from Red Hand Patty, who is just a, a phenomenal musician and yeah. a beautiful guy, uh, rounding out the quintet. <laughs> and then an Old Slim on acoustic guitar yeah. and vocals. And that is Slim's Irish band. So may I say my our three shows? Yeah, this is going to come out
1: on Monday, just to let you know.
0: Oh, okay. Well, forget about... The first one then, because it will have already, already happened. happened.
1: And people, you know what? People would have already had a great time.
0: Yeah. So for <laughs> all of you who joined us, see, and I won't even say the venue because I don't like to confuse people. Yeah. You know, they'll show up at the wrong place. <laughs> uh, it, it And yeah. it's just, you know, everybody's got a hundred things going on. So you really have to keep it focused. So, yeah. okay. So it's, so Friday march 16th yes at the north country brewing company in slippery rock slim's irish band that show will start at seven o'clock go from uh, seven to ten uh it's a free show and then the following day is the saint patrick's parade day and we do a saint patrick's parade day matinee every year at needs hotel. So right down the street here, 5438, right on the corner of 55th and Butler street needs hotel where I live and play frequently. Yeah. <laughs> we have a 2 PM matinee. See, we used to do the parade day. Yeah. Uh, we used to start around seven and then we started around five, but everybody's like tired and knocked out yeah, by then passed the, out. It all start. The partying starts like at six, seven in the morning. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, But, so, this is 2 p.m. The 2 (laughs) p.m. And for the fifth year in a row, the inner circle from Punxsutawney and Punxsutawney Phil the Groundhog himself will be our guests at Needs Hotel. (laughs) They come down and are part of the parade. Okay. And then they repair to the friendly precincts of East Lawrenceville (laughs) to party, uh, their uh, their after parade party. And they've been with us for four years now and plan to attend this year their fifth consecutive appearance it needs so that's saturday the day itself yes march 17th, 17th. 2 p.m needs hotel slim's irish band and <laughs> if you've never heard me uh playing that beautiful stuff with my dear friends and fabulous musicians you've got something to look forward to and i i hope to see you there that's a free show yeah. as well
1: wow man that was a good, that was a good so promotion. So that's Irish season. Yeah. 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 Damn. Yeah. I mean, 2 p.m. on St. Patrick's Day, you had any, you know, crazy people walking in and needs? You know, do they disrupt the show? I mean, is it a...
0: You know, I've never had... I'm a saloon singer, so I yeah. don't mind a little noise. You yeah. Know? In yeah. fact...
1: You perform in a bar. Sometimes so I'll yeah. do
0: straight gigs, like, uh, in a church or in a home, you know, and the song will be over, and there will be silence, and it's very <laughs> disconcerting, you know, because <laughs> I'm waiting for the crashing of the beer bottle in the garbage yeah. can, you know, or the or the the, the drunk at the bar, you know, yeah. being too rowdy. Uh, and so I don't <laughs> mind a little noise. You don't mind every almost. once in a while. It gets a little too crazy even for me, <laughs> and uh, sometimes there's something you can do about it. Sometimes, sometimes there's not. not. Yeah, and you just <laughs> roll with it. But, yeah, I'm a saloon singer. I sing in saloons. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't mind a little <laughs> bit of noise. <laughs> oh, okay. So, already. Uh,
1: something I wanted to bring up. How long have you been living in Needs Hotel?
0: Yes, almost 10 years. 10 I moved, years. I moved into Needs Hotel. Uh, Jimmy Need was the first guy that took me in like a stray dog. And yeah. Mayor Peduto <laughs> was the second. <laughs> so I moved into Needs Hotel in August of 2008. Okay. And so I've been, one way or another, a part of all the outdoor amphitheater seasons. Uh, The live music Mm. outdoors began, I think, in 2008. And uh, I just kind of wandered in to a beautiful place, uh, and the seeds had been sown for what would blossom into this Great live music venue. Yeah. But Needs Hotel is an institution, and it's been at that location a block away from here, from us here at the Unplanned, Unplanned Comedy, Comedy, above the Hop Farm, which yes. is a great... <laughs> my dear friend Matt down there, uh, doing a heck of a job, and he's got a great little, <laughs> great little uh, micro brew down here. The Hop Farm, check it out, friends, if you're in yeah. the neighborhood. And then one block closer to town is Needs Hotel, which yeah. has been in that location since... 1941 and here's the story on that okay uh so it was originally in homestead and it had started they like to say (laughs) 10 minutes after the repeal of prohibition in 1933 (laughs) yeah uh uh and then for the war effort they expanded the homestead u.s steel works yeah uh, it, it's so crazy. When I go over the homestead high level bridge, I still remember the mill and it was awesome. It was like in, the inferno out of Dante Yeah. and it was just this huge acres and acres, as far as the eye could see stacks and, and just a minute. And now it's, uh, now it's like a bunch of stores and stuff Yeah, and it's, it's really <laughs> something, but that, you know, that's what happened. Yeah. That's what happens but, with the times. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's where needs. Ho- the, the, original needs hotel was somewhere down and all that. Okay. And then they expanded the mill. So eminent domain, you know, they had to roll. They, they weren't, uh, at that location. anymore. And so they, yeah. they found this place a block away yeah. at the corner of 55th and Butler street and, uh, opened up there in 1941. Jimmy's dad and Jimmy's grandfather were the original, uh, Uh, people that started it. And then Jimmy's dad, Paul Need, we called him the patriarch. He was a legend in this area for many, many years, lived to be into his 90s, and uh, was a World War II combat veteran, a liberator of France, wounded uh, as part of the uh, D-Day invasion. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, this was, and then, you know, I got to meet him uh, and knew him uh, for several years before he passed on. And that was a tremendous blessing Uh to me, to know Paul Need, just a hell of a guy. And Jimmy is a chip off the old block. (laughs) Jimmy really is like the parish priest. Yeah. Uh, And Need, and we're all like his flock. Yeah. uh,
1: He's a character. I've met him a couple times. Yeah, Yeah.
0: he's... And so so I just kind of wandered into that scene. Yeah. And... You
1: never met... Uh, Jimmy, before that, you just kind of walked in.
0: At the by the time I said, "Hey, I need somewhere to live," <laughs> uh, I was up in Morningside. Yeah, uh, needed to leave Morningside. Uh, I had been up there for six years. uh, yeah. loved it. Uh, had a good experience there, but needed to. Uh, You're making a leave. change in your life, and yeah. you
1: needed to go down. Yeah,
0: basically, yeah. my favorite second ex-wife said, "Our son." <laughs> has gone to college. The deal was, when he moves out, you move out. Aww. You gotta go. <laughs> and uh, she let me come back there to Morningside to live while my son grew up. And so yeah. I lived with my son from the time he was 12 uh, up till he was 18. But the deal was, yeah, you can sleep on the sewing room floor, but when he goes to college, you need to find another
1: How many place. years was it like that? Six. Like, six? Yeah. And you are just... You and your wife weren't getting along? My ex-wife. Your, your ex divorced, Yeah, yeah, your ex-wife. You know, for sorry, many years sorry. prior to that. Yeah, yeah. your ex-wife. Well, and... I'd left
0: my third wife to move back in with my favorite second ex-wife in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to need a scorecard here in a minute. So <laughs> let's move on to Needs Hotel. So,
1: so okay, I, I get it. I get I like, it. Yeah, that's fine. I like fine. put
0: the word out to <laughs> bar owners. I had yeah. always had this dream of living above a bar. Really? And by that time, I was slim foresight it was just in the early years you know yeah oh
1: you're a little bit known you didn't have a record out when you started like in 2006
0: no no i didn't put my first record out until 2009
1: how many records do you have
0: well i've put out three now three full-length albums okay and uh, but a lot of what was on the first one and two went on to Slim Forsyth's Greatest hits, hits, which nice. is available, the best, the cream, I think. <laughs> the and cream then, of the crop, yes. And then this uh, this is Slim Forsyth, my new solo effort on Get Hip, oh, is nice. my third full-length record. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, we did the TV show, Yes. which I also... Uh, put my heart and soul into it and feel really good about but yeah. so like in 2008 okay, I had so. i was sort of a regular at needs hotel by yeah. that time you know morningside isn't too far away and i had gotten to know jimmy a little bit and i think i had even played once in the bar i like got um, an
1: open mic night yeah or? it was
0: kind of just me i think i did some duets with jenny k snyder and we just set up in the corner of the bar and sang for a few hours and so, uh, but I was getting to know Jimmy and you know, you know, Jimmy, yeah. he'll give you the Jimmy need treatment and he'll, yeah. he'll bring you into the fold. And, <laughs> uh, so at the time I needed a new place to live, I had this idea that I wanted to live above a bar. So I called up my buddies at the Bloomfield bridge Tavern. Yeah. I called up my, uh, John Purgle, my friend at the Thunderbird cafe, where I was playing once a month. As Slim foresight.
1: Where's Thunderbird Cafe?
0: Well, it's down in, uh, it's in the four thousand block of Butler Street. It's across from the Get Go at yeah. the corner of 40th and Butler. It's right in there. It's being, uh, it's going. It, uh, this is another whole story. It's undergoing <laughs> a major renovation. Okay. And I got a sneak peek because I was walking down Butler Street just before I left on the train yeah. to Seattle, and John Pergel came out of nowhere. He said, "Slim, let me show you what's going on." So he took me, I mean, it's like the catacombs of Rome uh, down through these passages in these old buildings that they've kind of like got a complex there now on the corner by the bank. It's right beside the PNC bank uh, across from the state store on Butler street. It's right down in central Lawrenceville. And what they're doing there is amazing. Uh, And the stage, the concrete for the new stage had just been poured the day before uh, so anyway, I got like, uh, in progress. A nice little sneak peek. That. And that'll be, re- they, they say they're reopening in May. But anyway, back in 2006, <laughs> 2007, 2008, I was yeah. playing once a month at the Thunderbird. At so the Thunderbird, I asked John yeah. Purgle, I asked, uh, the Frankowski brothers up at the Bloomfield Bridge Tavern. Okay. And I asked Jimmy Need. And I basically said the same thing. It's like, I need a place to stay. I'd, I'd love to live above a bar. Is there something there do you do any of you know of?
1: And when you asked that, did they give you a look like really you want to live on top of a
0: bar, or are they like, um, no? I think they get it. I mean, John really? Purgle's a musician himself. He, yeah, he's got a band called the Pawn Brokers, and uh, which guy is this? Uh, which one? John Purgle, the owner of the of Thunderbird. Thunderbird
1: Cafe. Okay.
0: Yeah, and uh, the the Frankowski brothers up there—they owned a, a couple of the adjoining houses and rented, you know. So I knew, and uh, but. Uh, Everybody was real nice about it, but Jimmy was really the only one who could get back to me with a live option. And he said, Yeah, Slim, let me talk it over with my wife. Because he and his wife live on the second floor. Oh, okay. And he said, I think we got something up on the third floor, you know. And so so, but anyway, we worked that all out. And I live in the honeymoon suite. Ooh. Uh, I yeah, I think he did mention that when I we talked to you. have up there. talked about you. And there's two other uh, men. It's a men's hotel. It's basically like a boarding house. Oh, cool. And uh, it's all built right into the liquor license and everything. And uh, that's why they call it Needs hotel. hotel. It really is. And I've been there now. I'm in my 10th year. Aww. And uh, like I say, I've wandered into a beautiful place. And I kind of... Other people had already set uh, the had built the foundation for the live music scene that was to yeah. come, and I kind of added uh, my unique slant on that with the country thing and yeah. uh, the the TV show, yeah, and so forth. But others had uh, gotten the idea about the outdoor amphitheater and so forth.
1: Oh. Uh, where's that at outdoor? Well, it's the,
0: it was a vacant lot next door and they yeah. build a stage there. Okay. And they have music, uh, pretty much on Saturday nights, just one night a week. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, Saturday nights from May through September, weather permitting, they'll have an outdoor show. You can, uh, and I've done numerous uh, of those, and, but I, I love the indoor shows even more. I yeah. love playing on the outdoor, amph- the, we call it the acoustically perfect outdoor amphitheater <laughs> stage. Yeah. That's because it's got the kitchen exhaust fan right above the stage. And when you get like the, uh, the fan uh, kicking out all the grease, sort of combining with the roar of a pat bus yeah. going by you get this ambiance that really is <laughs> unparalleled in any other live music venue yeah. uh, that I that I, with which I am familiar <laughs> uh, so it's the acoustically perfect outdoor amphitheater and it's in its 10th or 11th season oh nice but where's I that love, at again uh, where well, yeah where's that Oh, yeah. Right next door to Needs Hotel. Really? Oh, yeah. it's And it that was, lot, like where the, yeah, the plaza lot. is? Yeah, there's a stage. You'll have to check it out. There's a there's a big old stage really? right under that huge <laughs> pine tree. Okay. Yeah, and then there's a, a house behind that. We call them the porch people. They come out on their house. <laughs> and, I had no uh, idea. Yeah, the way that happened was there was another house there and it was an old woman who lived there for years and Jimmy was like a son to her and he'd bring wow. her over the chicken soup and <laughs> And at the end, uh, she brought her kids together and she said, uh, nobody gets, don't offer this house. When I'm, when I'm gone, don't offer this house to anybody else but Jimmy Need. And so he wound up getting that property and tore the house down. And uh, with the help of a couple of brothers of mine, Bobby LoCar and Johnny Vento, yeah, who is the uh, started the Needs Hotel band, Johnny Vento. Bobby LoCar manages them. Yep. They hatched the idea to build a stage out there okay. and built the stage. And worked with Jimmy. So those three guys already had set the process in motion. And I just kind of wandered into things. Yeah. And played a little bit at first. And now... And it's is like, this
1: when you, like, first started living there when that was going yeah. on? Okay. Yes.
0: It, it all sort of coalesced in 2008. Yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. And a lot of other things, uh, too. <laughs> Did you help out with the building of the stage? No, it had, it was built. Oh, it was bi- Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. They, I thought they, you were just like... They were doing that. <laughs> I, I can't, It might not have been completely done when I moved in, but yeah. I'm almost done. And uh, yeah, so I didn't have any part with the bricks and mortar yeah. of that, but I, <laughs> I, I, would, I will take a little bit of the credit for building up the scene. Yeah. Uh,
1: like telling other musicians, like, hey, you know, there's this new... Mm-hmm thing going on around here yeah. you know
0: and playing it many times myself and yeah. and then I sort of I I so, each year I sort of uh, have my standard set of gigs It's become so popular to play there that I get less and less each year, but I'm totally cool with that Okay, because I crash other people's shows, (laughs) which is easy and a lot lot more fun and a lot less stress.
1: What do you mean like crashing other people's shows? You just like show up? It seems just like you're just an audience member. Then you just go like, do you like tap somebody on the shoulder and go like, hey, can I play a few songs? uh,
0: It's a little more (laughs) contrived than that. But I, I usually in my own right with a band of my choosing open the, the season in, oh, okay. in uh, late May and close it in late September, uh, September. And I'll play, uh, with a band like the turbo sonics and we'll do surf rock and rockabilly and stuff like oh, that. Sweet. Uh, or I'll play with my classic country, Western, uh, wow. combo, slim Forsyth and the park lane drifters. I'll play with a band like the Stillhouse pickers, a great bluegrass outfit. But, uh, then, uh, There is also, like when Molly Alphabet plays the amphitheater
1: is she uh recording artist too does she oh, have stuff yeah. out
0: in fact she's on the b side of that oh yeah you show me uh yeah. the song
1: is uh down on my knees at neat hotel did you play that
0: on your show that's from the show that's yeah. from the tv show soundtrack and molly was our special guest star yeah i remember on that she has a really
1: good voice oh
0: she's the greatest she's <laughs> just a dear friend and she's from right here in lawrenceville yeah and uh but when her band plays, they'll call me up, and I'll do two or three duets with Molly. So I, I'm in and off. I'm often on the amphitheater stage throughout the summer, yeah. sometimes just for a couple of songs, and sometimes with my own your show. Your
1: own, like your own show.
0: And we like to do that even for the indoor shows, and we've kind of even got this <laughs> shtick going where, uh, and twice even I sh- I've shown up in my bathrobe. And like, I'll really? sort of come out. Yeah. My bathrobe, cowboy hat and guitar. Yeah. And it'll be like. At Needs Hotel. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> who's making all this racket down here? You know, and it'll be like the Shiners or yeah. Texas Techs and the Honky Tonk Project or, you know. Some other pals like that, and it's like, well, listen, uh, you know the rules. If you're going to make all this racket in my game room, you've got to let the old man sing a song or two. Uh-huh. So it's like, well, do you know, Mama tried? Yeah, I do that indeed. First thing I remember knowing, you know. And so it's like, <laughs> and it's great. And but I did actually do it twice in my bathroom. But usually, <laughs> I usually I do it in. Were people uh,
1: confused? Like, uh, is this part of the show? Or <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think one time we really. One time it was just magic. You, well, you're an improv comedian. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. One time it just like clicked, clicked and it was like, yeah. "Wow, this is this is solid gold." And the second time we did it, it was like, "What?" It, it dragged. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it kind of dragged, and you're like, "Okay, let's wrap this." Up. <laughs> I'm gonna go put clothes on. I'm go put... I had clothes on. Oh, okay.
1: Okay, that was gonna be my next question. Just... Yeah, but I
0: did. I think I actually did have my like my bedroom slippers on. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, but yes, good, good, crazy stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, like what did I want to ask? Okay. You go do you go on tour lots? Cause you just took this winter off, but yeah. like how much do you go on tour?
0: Well, again, I mean, you could call it a tour, but it's not like a tour where somebody's really paying me to do it. And I have, uh, you know, uh, tour support, it's like, yeah. hey Slim, we can get you a gig in New York City, can you get there, yeah. you know? <laughs> or uh, it's like a record store, and uh, we'll run up and uh, play a record store during the day in Rochester, and then run over to Buffalo and play a club at night. Yeah. And I'll take these opportunities, you know? And, and, but it was, a I had an unbelievably busy summer and fall. In 2017, I had one stretch in there where I did 11 appearances in 10 days, really? including four on one day. Oh, really? Uh, where was this? Yeah. Well, the the last two of the four were in uh, Greensburg, Westmoreland County. I, okay. I I I started here uh, at a record store in Brookline actually had done a private thing earlier that day, record store in Brookline, drove to Greensburg, played a record store in Greensburg, and then played a club that night in Greensburg with my dear friend Jane West, with whom I now perform quite regularly. Oh, we have this beautiful act of... Uh, we call them scorching duets and heart-wrenching ballads. And we do, <laughs> like, Hank Williams and Audrey Mae Shepard, Johnny Cash, June Carter, Tammy Wynette, George Jones, Loretta yeah. Lynn, Conway Twitty, stuff like that. Oh, cool. Carter family. And, uh, and she's the greatest. She's a fabulous vocalist and a, a better guitar player than me, too. <laughs> What's her name again? Uh, Jane West. Jane West. And she's based out in Ligonier, Westmoreland County now but she's going to be uh, coming back to Pittsburgh and uh, but she plays around but you can check her out in cyberspace okay. Jane West <laughs> uh, and uh, but that was who I ended up that four day that's the most for me so far four gigs in, in one day but do you I, like was, that
1: doing four gigs in one day well, it was Is a little
0: busier than I wanted to be it, yeah. it wasn't like I woke up one morning and say I'm going to book four gigs this day it was just like <laughs> the fourth one was like, Hey Slim, I hear you're going to be in town. I'm at this club later that night. You want to join me? And, and I said, yeah, sure. You know, it's stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, that's, you know, uh, I was really busy in the summer and fall because I had just put this record out. Yeah, this. And this is Slim Slim Foresight. And the label was getting me a lot of these opportunities. They opened up that opportunity in New York City. I played the Mercury Lounge right down, uh, like a couple blocks away from the old CBGBs, right down there. Uh, Oh, that's really cool. Below the village there in, like, the Soho. Is yeah. it a good
1: turnout for that? More it years? wasn't
0: too hot in New York. Yeah, but uh, Buffalo, uh, we had a, a pretty good crowd. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. You like to say a small but attentive crowd. Uh, <laughs> you co- you sort of like do it to say I did it, you know? I played yeah. New York, and that's
1: like the kind of attitude I'm getting from you. You just you just love to play music. Sure. Yeah, I do. You, it, I do. And does that really bother you if there's not a big audience in the crowd? Or no.
0: No, although it's harder to play for a small crowd than it is to play for a big crowd. Yeah,
1: because you just yeah. get like the tiny like claps, you know, it's not like yeah. a roaring audience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like the biggest crowd I ever played for was probably about six, 8,000 people in Punxsutawney, one Groundhog Day. Yeah, you know, that was sort of legendary. <laughs> Wait, did you like
1: play in the morning? Yeah, or?
0: it was about 6 in the morning.
1: You played yeah. 6 in the morning? Well,
0: I've played Groundhog Day four times now. Really? Yeah, always, you know. In that area
1: so, where it like, happens? Punxsutawney- like- yeah,
0: the- on Godward's Knob, yeah. I've done that song, the Ballad of Punxsutawney Phil, wow. four times live on Gobbler's Knob on Groundhog Day. That is
1: impressive. Uh, I could not do that. That's at six how, in the morning. That's about
0: the only way I'm going to get in front of six thousand people. <laughs> and it was this last time, honest to God, it was 15 degrees. Oh, and yeah,
1: uh, this rough winter we had, I wonder yeah, like how you could play.
0: Well, these you could see my gloves. <laughs> this is what you do.
1: Yeah. But
0: uh, yeah, I. Well, a lot of, a lot of my motivation, I mean, this whole thing was kind of like, came along organically, and it's been a path, a yeah. path for me, a journey. And really, it was a lot of the old gospel stuff that really got me into country.
1: Yeah. Hank
0: Williams and Audrey Mae Shepard, Johnny Cash, you know, the old account was settled long ago. and And, uh, and so, right from the start, there was that component to it that yeah. I wanted to share my faith. But recently now it it really is kicking in as the primary motive. Your for, faith for me to do this. Right. I yeah. want to share the joy of my salvation, you know, and sing this. I want to sing. I'm the guy that sings the gospel music in a smoky bar after midnight. Wow. And, uh, and a lot of what I write now, uh, the songs that I have written come from there and, so this is, this is an opportunity for me to, to share my faith and, and also to kind of reach out to people who are struggling with heartache and yeah. love sickness with this, this stuff, which, uh, I think, as I say in the intro to one of the songs on this record, I, I've always been strangely comforted by songs of tragedy and disaster. Yeah, And, uh, when you're Depressed. Do you get sad when
1: you listen to that? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, like do here. you get sad when you listen to that music, or are you just like, I kinda enjoy this?
0: I, like I say, strangely comforted, you know. Yeah. I I uh, uh there is certain kind of music that depresses me. Yeah. You know, and of you're course when yeah. you're feeling bad, the last thing you want to hear is a happy song. Yeah. But when you're but when you're struggling with loneliness, uh or again love sickness or the loss of a loved one you know uh sometimes a sad song that really cuts to the heart you know will the circle be unbroken you know yeah uh can bring you some strength and comfort and that's kind of what i'm about you know reaching out to people and
1: yeah that happens to me too like you know it's kind of comforts me to listen like sad music like uh nick drake does that for me
0: oh my gosh i'm a huge nick drake he's amazing yeah.
1: Oh, he's great. Oh my gosh. Brighter Later is like one of my favorite albums.
0: You know that I. There's a couple on there that I like, but I I like uh, Northern Sky. I like oh. Vi- um, the time of no reply. Yeah. Pink Moon, of course. But yeah. Riverman,
1: time has told me. Oh my god, that, that hits like yeah. right here. Oh my god. I, oh, as soon as he wonderful? starts singing, I'm like, oh crap, there it comes. <laughs> like, that yep. really hits me.
0: Nick Drake, I'm so glad you mentioned. Yeah, that. he was, uh, I wouldn't say an influence on me. Zach Kime listens to a lot of Nick Drake. Who, uh, my Zach? label mate on Get oh, okay, but uh, Zach Kime was the first record out on the get hip folk series first steps by Zach Kime he also fronts a rock band called the Knox boys oh, okay also available on get hip but he's my buddy and uh, just 21 <laughs> years old we're like the old man and the kid you know and we were tag teaming a lot of when I told you I had 11 shows in 10 days you yeah know? that was Zach and me we we went to New York City together we went to Buffalo and Rochester together nice kid and hell of a uh, artist um, yeah. but anyway He's a huge Nick Drake fan, so when yeah. we're driving, you know, six hours on the road, we'll we'll listen to Nick Drake. But I uh, was introduced to Nick Drake back in the mid '90s, yeah, and uh, just fell in love with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's powerful stuff. A tragic guy, but yeah. a seminal influence on all. Sad sorts that he
1: of- couldn't go on. Like he couldn't handle his depression. It's sad because yeah. he had a real talent. I wish the people the people kind of appreciated it when he was alive. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had a big talent. Like I got into him just a few years ago and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just this one guy and he just, I don't know. Just he, he hits me. Like that's like some of the stuff that really hits me.
0: I love that one. I think it's just called the cello song. Uh, is it on his first album? I think it's on five leaves left. Yeah. 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 I know that. Stuff like that is, is what I call a rip in time. You know, it just comes out of nowhere and it's just a fabulous example of how music can really yeah. grab you and really change, really set you on a different path. Like I remember, I'm a huge Gillian Welch fan okay, and I do a lot of her songs in my regular set, you know, and I met her actually, uh, had a brief <laughs> talk with her at one of her shows when she was here in Pittsburgh. Well, I heard her tell a story. She was like, uh, you know, like in a Grateful Dead band or something, playing (laughs) bass in a rock band or whatever, out in the, uh, I think she was out in the San Francisco area, uh, in college or whatever. And uh, she said, uh, this guy who she knew uh, sat her down and played her a song And she said, and the interviewer said, and she said, and it just, it turned my whole life around and put me on a completely different path musically and creatively. Like like she
1: saw him play it or? No,
0: played it on an old record. Okay. And the interviewer said, what was that song? It was called The Dream of the Miner's Daughter. And it's a song (laughs) about, uh, I mean, that's like old time hill country, High Lonesome, you know? Yeah. It's it's a song about the little girl begging her daddy not to go to the mine that day because she had a dream that yeah. there would be a terrible accident. And, and so the song is him trying to comfort. Oh, it was just a dream, honey. You know? Yeah. And then sure enough, he goes and there's, and, and the there's dream an accident. Yeah. was right. And so the dream of the miner's daughter, that was the song that that set Gillian Welch on, uh, on a whole new path creatively, musically and spiritually, yeah. you know? And, uh, she was a huge influence on on me too. Some of her stuff on the, her first record with David Rawlings, produced by T Bone Burnett, Burnett, was yeah. called Revival. Yeah, and there's some stuff on there that is just again a rip in time. Yeah, just just beautiful stuff. Uh, by That's great mark. when that
1: happens. Like when you find just that one album yeah. and it just hits you. And you yeah, like, this oh, is you yeah. have yeah, been waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I mean. Yeah.
0: A lot of great music out there. I mean, you could spend your whole life. Right. Yeah. That's why I don't get too hung up about it. You know, I know Gillian Welch is out there. I know Hank Williams and Johnny Cash were out there. You know, yeah. I know anybody who's looking can find stuff to really minister to their soul. Yeah. And so I'm happy for the opportunities I've been given to, to do this. And I now I'm 62. You know, it was different when I was in my 30s and 40s. <laughs> of course, everybody wants to be famous, you know. Yeah. And who knows, maybe someday I'll get a hit record. but yeah. uh, And that would be fun just to kind of tag along on that. But that's not the
1: main goal for you? You just want to play
0: music? Yeah. I just want to uh, do this for every day of health and strength that the good Lord gives me. I want to uh, be singing and playing this. And uh, yeah, it, it's great. And I got this wonderful situation at Needs Hotel. Yeah where I play about once a month.
1: Sweet. Got like you got your full band there? Up in April.
0: Sometimes I do solo, sometimes uh, uh, my band. Uh, let me just tell you a little bit about my band. Yeah, uh, do it. So I also, uh, I'll play, like I said, two or three times a year I'll play with the Turbosonics, which we they're a, uh, a classic instrumental surf rock band from here in Pittsburgh. And when they back me up, we call it the louder, faster, harder slim set. And uh, it's, or the surfing slim set, you know, and we'll do like Eddie Cochran and uh, some rockin' country. And we'll do Ray Kondo and his ricochets and Moon Mullican, And, you know, like the old rock and roll, some Elvis stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that's like, just some fun and we do it we have a standard christmas show at needs hotel oh, with sweet. the Turbosonics, slim <laughs> forsyth and the Turbosonics, sonic surfing christmas yeah. every year in december stuff like that but my where my real heart and soul is is the classic country western quartet yeah. which is uh when i can get them pete freeman on pedal steel guitar just okay. a phenomenal musician uh, Candy Mountain who is really Aaron Snyder uh, <laughs> on stand-up bass fiddle and Tricky Mannion on country fiddle and then rounding it out is me on acoustic guitar and singing yeah and that's Slim Forsyth and the Park Lane Drifters and that's uh, we do I like to say stuff from the classic era of country western music which for me is kind of like a little bit before and a little bit after world war ii okay hank williams first recording session on the sterling record label was uh, december of 1946 so it's bob wills and his texas playboys ernest tubb hank williams johnny cash buck owens yeah uh, and so forth and then coming up a little closer merle haggard willie nelson uh, and then Gillian Welch and so forth, right up yeah. to contemporary. Going back a little further, maybe I'll do some Jimmy Rogers from back in the 20s, Carter Family, and oh, so, so forth. Sweet. So it's Stanley Brothers. You know, Who are the law. Stanley Brothers? They were a great bluegrass outfit, along with Bill Monroe, Flatten & Scruggs, the Stanley yeah. Brothers. If if you take nothing away from this podcast, go out and listen to some Stanley Brothers yeah. music.
1: I like to get into yeah. uh, bluegrass seems
0: like a very interesting... Probably their best-known song, one of their best-known songs is Angel Band, okay. which uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Garcia's band, Old and In The Way, covered and uh, was in the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, and Ooh. just a lot of other people did it, Angel Band. They have a, my favorite song, my favorite all-time bluegrass country song is a thing the Stanley Brothers do. It's called Vision of Mother. Okay. So there's a homework assignment for you. Go check it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to take mothered it. By the Stanley I'll,
1: I'll right. happily accept that homework assignment. Yeah. And the thing I'm enjoying talking to you is you don't seem bitter. You're you're 62 years old, and you're happy Yeah, doing yeah. what you're doing. Yes. I like that. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad I come across that way because I sure wouldn't want to be – be perceived as bitter. I I'm thankful for the opportunities I have had and I'm I feel like I'm living the dream, you know. So yeah. Yeah, you bitter. seem happy.
1: You get all these great shows and, yeah. and you seem to have like so many connections. <laughs> That's really impressive. Yeah. I've
0: lived a long full life. <laughs> had, had it seems like it.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, uh I wanna thank you once again for doing this. You're a very interesting, fun man to talk to. Yes. Uh great. Thank you. Happy
0: to be here, and thank you for this opportunity to tell people a little bit about myself and what I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have a very interesting story, and I just wanted to talk to you. The first time Woody brought you up, I was like, get that guy in here. I want to get. I want to talk to you.
0: Well, we love having you guys a block away, and I want to wish you all the best and continued success with Unplanned Comedy. Oh, here.
1: Well, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, uh, I'm going to do a quick little plug for Unplanned Comedy. You're a good, uh, you're very good at, Plugging your stuff, yeah, you're very good at it. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, I, I, I wish I took notes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, make sure to go to unplannedcomedy.com for all your unplannedcomedy.com needs. Uh, check out the calendar for shows, and like I'm in a show here every Thursday, free improv, house team night. And uh, check out the podcast uh, on the show, mine, Garrett title Bombs, all the other great podcasts on there, uh, Slim. Thank you once again for joining me.
0: Thank you, Alex. Pleasure to be
1: here. <laughs> All Take it easy.
0: You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collection.